Welcome back, pop culture fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet right now, as always, is Drew Douglas. Yeah, we we took a little break. We're still here. I think the only reason we're doing this episode, because quite frankly, we don't have a lot to talk about. It's kind of a dead zone. It, we're in the not, dead zone, and not the good one by Stephen King. Yeah. Um, but... We just want to let people know that we're still around and we haven't been fired yet. At least we don't think. We we exist. We are kind of like the. I'm trying to think of the book and Evil Dead. Is it the ne- not Necromancer? Necro? What is that? You're on the right track. What is that thing? Uh, I've only I've only read it one or two times. <laughs> Necro something. <laughs> Let's see what it's called. And it comes to life. There's a little eyeball in it that oh, opens the, up. The Necronomicon. That's it. And we're, we're kind of like that. We, every now and again, we get shelved, sometimes put away in the basement of a cabin. But we will open up every now and again. I'm like, there's another story to tell. There's something fun, maybe a little possession to end up taking over right now. We'll, uh, we'll end up rising. You, you always start off sometimes, and then I'm like, what is he talking about? And I think I, I just hit that moment in this episode. I will say that uh, I do love the fact that we are, even though in the dead zone, we are literally right before the new Evil Dead Rise comes out. I am actually so pumped for this movie. This might be my favorite, most anticipated uh, horror movie of the year. What else would there be? I mean, besides- there's always afraid. If we count yeah, that as a horror movie. I don't think we're movie. counting that. We got The Exorcist by David Gordon Green. Oh, yeah. Which w- was on my most anticipated list simply because I liked what he did with Halloween. And I'm not necessarily a fan of The Exorcist, but that could be interesting. What? I mean, I don't know. We don't have... We already had Scream. And then Jordan Peele's uh, new film's coming out next year. It's been a good time for for horror films. But yeah, what else... Well, we have the... We got the Boogeyman, the Stephen King yes, short story which coming out on June 2nd. promoting the heck out of, which makes me think it might be good. I feel like early buzz is that it's good. And then we have the A24 one that it's about the seance. Right. Which um, I can't remember what it's called, but I'm not... Talk to me. Yes. And I keep hearing that's amazing. So we got some good stuff to look forward to. It looks solid. It looks really good. Now, you haven't watched the trailer to that yet, no, have you? I'm, I'm afraid of... With the horror genre, I really try to avoid marketing, except for, I will say, I've watched every piece for Evil Dead Rise. It looks amazing. We're a few days away from it. Um, Ideal screening for that. Do you want to see that with a room uh, or an auditorium of just absolutely packed, packed with people? Do you risk someone just really obnoxious being in that screening? Or do you think that that's the environment that you want to see it? I'd like to see it with as many people as possible. I don't want to see it with a group of like high school slash college kids where they're just a really rambunctious group. I'm in a group that's into it, but I don't want a group that is going to like a midnight screening or, well, the closest thing to a midnight screening that we can get right now which would be like the group that I saw Scream 6 with, where they were into it, but they were like commentating. I don't Mm. really want commentators. I don't want people talking. I want people scared out of their minds. I want those like me sharing the fact of, 
we might be hurling up our lunch whenever we see this because there's so much blood and gore, which that's what I keep hearing, that it's the bloodiest, goriest movie we've had in a while. Yeah, a lot of times, though, when I hear that over and over again, it never it never actually ends up being... Never lives up to the hype. Yeah, it doesn't live up to being... Like, you're like, oh, it's gross, but it's not as gross as I expected. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see this with people. I'm always... I'd rather I'd rather be in a theater where I can enjoy it. But yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear reactions to just insanity that's unfolding on screen. Like, that's fun. But I don't know. I always get scared that someone's going to ruin the mood for me. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about that. But at the same time, I'm I'm stoked for it. I just hope that. It uh, lives up to all of the great buzz. I mean, geez, it's sitting at like a 94 right now on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics' consensus. So that gets me more more, more hyped for it. And, I mean, that I'm pretty peak hype right now. Yeah, it's very high for me. Um, we're going to do some Rotten Tomatoes guesses for the month of May. We're going to update April for our, as much as we can. And then we're going to talk about a few of the things that we've been watching recently. Would you like to to lock in some April Rotten Tomatoes picks? Ooh, let's do it. Because we can do three of them. And the first one is Renfield, <laughs> which looked terrible, in my opinion. I have no desire to see it. I know you saw it, but mm-hmm. I get the W on this one because it's Ooh. closer to my 52%. You were fairly mixed on it. You said you liked it until a point. Yeah. And then it just, did it go off the rails or it just was not fun? No, it didn't go off the rails. I actually wanted it to go off the rails, to be honest, because it's a movie that Nick Cage was a lot of fun watching as Dracula. And I think it's interesting because I kept, you know, listening to interviews where Nick Cage was saying Nicholas Holt set the tone for the movie since it was really his movie and he plays Renfield. And, uh, that Nicholas Holt was the one kind of steering the ship, and so he was using that to kind of base what he did. Now, if that was a fact of with Nicholas Holt being maybe a little restrained and reined in, maybe that's what kept Nick Cage from going way over the top. But I think Nick Cage is hands down the best part of that movie. There are a lot of moments in it that I think it deals with the scripting problem or I should say story problem. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it's one of those where you kind of have an, uh, one of the major complaints I've read about this movie is that it's kind of a merge of two stories or two scripts into one. And that's how I felt where you've got this story, Renfield and Dracula, you've got this other story and that other story is kind of, you say, the B story. It just doesn't quite mesh. It just doesn't quite work. That was my largest complaint about it. I did enjoy it. I had a lot of fun. But then I got to a point where I was just tired of that other storyline. And that was about three quarters through the movie. I'm like, yeah, just let's focus on Renfield and Dracula. But see you for Nick Cage. If, uh, Nicholas Holt was fun and fine in it, I think... I'd like to see him in more stuff. He did a decent job in this movie, but hands down, Nick Cage is the best part of it. Was the B plot, the is it Aquafina? It involves her, yeah. And that's it's her and Ben Schwartz, which I actually thought he did a really good job. He was a lot of fun in the movie. 
And he was the one thing that actually tied that B to A storyline together that worked for me. But it's it, it walked a tightrope. And I think for Ben, that was the connecting thread for me that I liked. But then you ended up having like the Aquafina and a few other things where it's like, I, we don't need this. It's like, we don't need to focus on this. Let's move on. It's just, it's, it's, if this was a TV show or this was something else, then yeah, you can, you'd spend time. But when we've got a movie that's an hour and a half, let's just stick to the, the, the bloodiness of it. And that's another thing. It was a very bloody movie at times. And that was fun because of that reason. Um, it definitely dove into like the horror elements in that case, but it, it's a straight up horror comedy. So I got a question and this isn't, uh, maybe it's spoilery. Is Nick Cage in this a lot? I See, that's the thing. I actually thought he was in it quite a bit because going into it, I kept hearing a lot of people say he's like barely in it. That's not true. He's not barely in it. He's in this quite a bit. He's he's like a supporting cast member. It's not like he's a, making a cameo. He's in this a decent amount. Um, I mean, screen time, he's in it more than like say Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs. I was expecting something like that. But um he's he's in this movie where I can't say that he he's by no means in this as much as Renfield. Ren, the, Renfield's in this I, I mean it's, it's it's his movie. This this is where he's in it enough where I think it's just the right amount. Yeah, you know it was a stinker at the box office which one I can't imagine this would have done that great. But the budget was still like sixty-five million. Yeah, I don't know if they were banking on Nick Cage being a walking meme, <laughs> and it was gonna like get people there. Or what or like, do people know who Renfield is? I don't think the masses do. Even for myself, I needed like kind of a little bit of a wait. Who? Oh, right, yeah, his assistant. I gotcha. So I, I don't know if that played into why this is been a stinker because it, it lost out to the pope's exorcist which we can also lock up this week uh you get that one you're Ooh. you guess 40 percent, and it's around 40 percent. this is all for russell crowe baby i haven't seen this yet but i'm weirdly intrigued to do it i have some time off in the coming days which i will see evil dead rise and i might pair it up or at least go the next day and see pope's exorcist i don't know why but it's like an hour and a half and maybe maybe it will entertain me something about it. i'm like i'm kind of interested in seeing that now i've heard decent things honestly yeah i have too um and then we can also lock up the biggest movie of the year so far you predicted that it would make the most money in 2023 right now we're on pace for that <laughs> i scoffed at that because i'm like what like guardians is gonna be big and now that i think about it and now that these numbers are coming in yeah you're totally right super mario brothers uh the super mario brothers movie it's getting absolutely hammered by critics it's like 58 percent. so i get the w on this one I guessed 87%. <laughs> you guessed 88%. So but nuts. It doesn't matter. Like people are seeing it. It was fun. Um probably nothing I would ever watch again. Mm-hmm. I thought the animation was slick. There was times when I laughed. Uh it 
it was a kid's movie. I feel a, a grown adult should not be critiquing this and writing <laughs> a bunch of words about whether or not this is a good movie. The kids in my screening loved it. They were clapping and laughing. That's it. That's It's made for children. I don't know what else. Like, there was things I mean, in it I didn't like, but it wasn't made for a 37-year-old man. I mean, and that's the other thing for, like, me... I had a big stupid grin on my face the entire movie. and I did too. All the Easter eggs, all the things yeah. that I remember from growing up. I'm like, oh, that was awesome. I totally forgot that that was a thing in Mario. And, and it's, I would see it and it made me happy. I walked out of that going, that made me happy. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And, uh, you know, with seeing that, I had fun with it. I, I totally agree like what you said. I don't know if I would necessarily see it again. But it was like it it served its purpose. Like it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I was laughing as much as others as well. Like I thought there were fun, fun moments and funny moments, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, I've heard of some like, Oh, well, you know, we got to slam this because it's not this, or it's got a weak story. I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for that with this movie. I think you just, it's exactly like you go into this knowing exactly what, you're going to get, and that's what we got. You go on Rotten Tomatoes, you actually will see people critiquing the story and script and the dialogue. And I'm like, you guys are pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're a seven-year-old kid writing that review, you need to just shut up. (laughs) And guess what? They're actually going, those kids, and they're loving it. Over and over again. So we we went Saturday morning at the earliest screening. It was like 11 in the morning, and it was packed. The whole... We went to the big theater in in town, and it was busy. And the worker goes, you should have seen it yesterday. Because it was Friday, uh, Easter weekend. I would imagine a lot of people were off. And they were just like, it was just pandemonium. It was pure effing Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it made me happy. The kids were running around. They loved it. So... More of these movies, I'm sure, will, I, like I said last time, they're going to chain Chris Pratt into a basement. Oh. And they're going to be like, we need you to be Mario for the for 10 more movies. And they're just going to make him do dialogue until they got enough for 10 sequels. I, I will say the other thing, and he's kind of like the standout. There's something about Jack Black and on the press tour that I've I've liked Jack Black, but now it's like, I freaking love this dude. Because... He's always been a standout, but he's like owned this. He just like doesn't freaking care. And he's like showing dressed up as Bowser. He's like saying and acting like Bowser and doing all these things. And it's like now it's just like the dudes always seem cool, but now he's just like next level cool. Well, I guess he just seems like Jack Black to me. Yeah, and that's it. Like he 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 is just and and that's it. He's just doing his thing, but I just, I like I said, I've liked him, but now after this, it's it just him doing all of this makes me laugh because I wonder if he's like trolling people for his own enjoyment. This is he loves video games and stuff. This is like him in his element, and he's getting paid <laughs> a lot of money to do something very easy and something that he probably True, really yeah. loves. So props to him. Um, we cannot lock in. Bo is afraid. There's too many reviews. There's not a lot of reviews, and we, it's still not wide yet. But right now, you're you're getting close. You're like five percent off. I think that's going to nosedive. 
Yeah, I think the early buzz for it, because I keep hearing, well, just wait until the end, and then you're like, what the F did I just watch? And then the other one that we can't lock in yet for April is The Covenant, which is Guy Ritchie's new movie. I'm sorry, it's called Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, Covenant, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who looks, again, every time I see this trailer, he looks fantastic. Solid beard. Solid beard. A great head of hair. 19 reviews so far. It's at 74%. 74%. So right now you're you're leaning that way because you had 68. I had 67. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Interesting. Uh, All right. I'm, in, I'm interested in this one. I think, though, that the score is going to drop. I don't think it's going to go up. It's going to drop. I'm not going to say significantly, but it's going to lean in your favor for this now. It's too it's too low at this point with only only twenty reviews. Like it it just won't climb. I would be shocked. Me too. I could still see it settling in weirdly enough around seventy percent, not dropping too much, but dropping a little bit. So for the month of May, we're gonna guess Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which comes out on May fifth. We're gonna do Fast X, which comes out on uh, May nineteenth, and then The Little Mermaid which comes out May 26th. I don't think I'm missing any other big release in May that we can do. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So if you want to do Guardians 31st, I guess for perspective, Guardians 1, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Guardians 2, 85%. I think the 85 is too low. I still love Guardians 2. I think it's better than Guardians 1. It's the one that I would rather watch again if of the two. And it's also a Marvel movie where I I will just like sporadically want to watch that one because I just think it's enjoyable. All because of Kurt Russell, baby. I think this new one looks amazing. The new one does look very solid. I am also guessing because of the um, the other Guardians is the holiday special. Um, I went and looked and I think it's like 92, 93%. Pretty high, like really high. Yeah. Super weird. I know it's. I think it was not that good. It, it's weird because that's such a spinoff. I can't count that in terms of a. But um, I do have a score in mind, and I think that the other thing now that we're kind of on the Marvel hate train, I do think that will kind of taper it. This is a last hurrah for me because this feels like old school MCU. Yeah. What do you want me to go first on this one? Yeah. Why not? Because I've got a score in mind, but you're winging it, right? Oh, I'm winging it. I don't have anything written down. The 85% on volume two surprises me. I think that is too low. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like Ant-Man 3 left such a bad taste in people's mouth that, and I just trust James Gunn to make a good movie that the masses will enjoy. Hmm, I'm going to say 87%. Ooh. And I could see it going higher. Yeah. See, that's it's funny because I am higher. Um, and it leaves a really interesting dynamic because I really wanted to say like in the lower 90s. I'm like, I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to say that. But I've locked in 89. And Ooh, it, I, it, my gut almost does say like 91%. Yeah, I do think it is. Like, I was going in that direction. I'm like, yeah, I just, there's something about Ant-Man, like you said. I 
think that others are going to, like critics are going to say, yeah, but remember this, like, does it really help and play into the overall? I don't know. I think this is going to be judged solely on it being the finale for this era of Marvel. And I think it's going to be judged differently. Um, but I, I do think that, I mean, also we have the cast saying that when they read it, they were in tears. So, I, I mean, that doesn't really say much about like if it's solid or not. But it does look really good. I think that there is an interesting track record of the Christmas special was well-received. I do think, like you say, Volume 2 will be looked at in a more positive light, hindsight 2020 soon. Uh, and I think after right now, I, I just think that it's like, oh, well, this is kind of like a darker tone MCU. We like this. Uh, so that's why I'm going a little bit higher. But I still hesitate to give it a 90. Anything 90 or above. Now, Fast X, this is the 10th movie in the Fast and the Furious franchise, which you and I love, but I think we've hit this point where everything that has been coming out is just so ludicrous. Minus ludicrous. Uh, and not the, minus the, the actor slash rapper. It's just bad. The last one was awful. This one looks terrible. It looks, I don't even, there's something in the new TV spot that Jason Momoa does where I'm like, what? They just let him clearly do whatever he wanted. I, the one thing I don't get is when he licks the bloody knife and I'm like, why? Like, what's the <laughs> point? Well, he's cool. He's edgy, dude. He's an edgy bad guy. I, I don't know if I like the idea that he's been, because we see flashbacks of Fast Five, that it connects back to that story. I'm like, is that? Is that fun or is that really yeah. stupid? It's, I guess I kind of like it. I think the way they've shot that, it looks so cheap when Momoa's in the water floating, his oh, eyes open. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good. It looks bro. awful. The whole thing looks just, they're continually trying to just one-up the previous movie. And I think in doing so, they've just made it dumber yeah. than it should be. Because they were all dumb, but they were like dumb fun. And then managed to somehow still feel like a, a level of realism that I think has just truly escaped this franchise. And I do, and again, we said this on the fast podcast that we did. The The series lost something when it lost Paul. Yeah. It really did. He he was awesome. This looks like doo-doo pie. I'm going to see it, <laughs> but man, it looks terrible. What do you think for Fast X? All right, so... And this also has Brie Larson in it. Yeah, it, I mean... It, Adds Momoa, Brie Larson, and uh, uh, from West Side Story, what is her name? Um, Rita Moreno. And also, I'm pretty sure Scott Eastwood's back. Is Kurt Russell back? He's got to be. He's 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 there somewhere, but probably in a smaller way. And then also the other big character in this is Alan Richson, who is obviously mm. now Jack Reacher. The dude is amazing. I have yet to see him really... I think in any of the marketing, which is concerning. Yeah. But if he doesn't take his shirt off in this, I'm going to be livid. I wonder if they're setting that up for the next movie, because this is definitely going to be a setup movie. And I think that's what, I think that's going to bring down the score overall. I do think that fast at ten, nine rather was just so hindsight. All right. So here's another thing. I'm getting ahead of myself. We were just talking about guardians Two, volume two hindsight now that that score, looking back, would go up, in critics' opinion, you know, like we feel like that score is a little too low. 
I think with Fast 9, the score that it got, it was like 63 or something like that. That's yeah. way too it's, freaking high. It's 60. There's See, Okay. There's a Still level though. of leniency with this because they have been fun that – they can be terrible, but people still, I think, are soft on it. Still enjoy it. I think that's the same where I I think that just went way too far. And then the other thing is, I think it's another thing to look at that movie Fast X, or 9, right? I keep wanting to call it Fast X. Fast 9, whenever it came out, it was trying to drive people to the theater. And I think critics were a, little, a lot more lenient because they're like, all right, what can we get people to go out and see the movie if we give it good word of mouth? That's my whole conspiracy theory. So I think this movie is going to be a big pile of flaming poo-poo, as <laughs> basically you said. I'm going to go with a, a lo- much lower 40%. Oh, wow. I'm gonna yeah, be f- this is going to be one of the lowest, if not the lowest, uh, critical score for fast movie. Well, nothing can top fa- too fast, too furious. That was like twenty percent. <laughs> oh, this could top it. Let us but I don't that. think it'll go that. Long. Yeah, that was thirty six percent. Well, the fourth one was twenty eight percent. That's good night. In hindsight, that is stupid. And then starting with Fast Five, like they got pretty decent. They usually hover around the sixties. Yeah, I'm saying forty nine percent. It just doesn't look good to me. I wish to, because like you said, we have part one basically in part two. I wish with this one it was grounded. It was more like the OG. Yeah. Get back to somehow doing like the street racing, like make it low stakes and then have a crazy cliffhanger. And the set and the second one, the final one is the one that just goes balls out. Yeah. But they maybe, clearly did not do that because this looks insane. Yeah, maybe they're setting up for a much smaller finale. That would be dumb, though. Why would you reverse it? It would be very stupid. But at this point, I, I can't tell what Vin's thinking. And then Justin Lin. I remember this is the one they were, like, shooting, and he, like, bolted. Yeah, he left. He ditched. He's like, like, I've All had right, enough of this. And they get F. Gary Gray, I'm pretty sure. And I don't have much hope that that guy can deliver. <laughs> Nothing against that guy. He's yet to make anything where I'm like, dude, that guy made a freaking amazing film. And I think this just looks generic. It doesn't look good. Hopefully I'm wrong. It looks like a bad night. This isn't F. Gary Gray. It's Louis Leterrier who did The Incredible Hulk. Wrath of Time. Sorry, F. Gary Gray. I'm knocking you around. You didn't even (laughs) do this movie. He did Now You See. Oh, no, he didn't direct that. He did The Takedown, which I've never heard of. He did Now You See Me, which sucked. <laughs> he did Clash of the Titans, uh, which was not oh good. Oh, boy. He did The Transporter 2, which was not good. Uh, Unleashed. I don't know what that is. And then hmm. The Incredible Hulk, which I actually... I'm going to go on a limb here and say that's underrated MCU. Yeah, and I, I'd say that's probably his best movie based on that filmography. Well, that's a whole lot of trash and one pretty decent movie. So, again... I, I apologize to F. Gary Gray. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say that Louis Leterrier, or however, Louis Leterrier, I am. I apologize for not getting your name right, but I'm sure this is all just complete garbage. Now, the other movie that we're going to do, The Little Mermaid, it's a live-action remake. I have yet oh to boy. see a trailer for this. I know it's caused a lot of 
online trolls to emerge from their caves for various reasons, which we will not feed into. But I feel like most of these live action Disney movies are just, uh, just sharts. Not good. <laughs> yeah. What was the last it, good one? Aladdin? Did that get good oh, reviews? Man. Yeah, that was like decent. Yeah, I'd yeah I'd say that was the last big. I mean, that like, movie decent one still sucked. They're fifty-seven yeah. percent. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they've had. That is necessarily great, but I I'm going blind in this one because I have yet to watch a trailer. So I I've seen the trailer and it does not look good. It, there are a lot of concerns, a lot of concerns, and I want to say Disney. It was for the Oscars, right? That they premiered the trailer, and right before that, they were going to for the Super Bowl. And I can't remember. There was like some kind of fiasco, like they pulled out, they play, they had another trailer, something like that, instead of you having this trailer. And whether it was because of graphics, which wouldn't surprise me, as in the VFX. Or um, it just wasn't ready. It didn't look good. Um, this just, it doesn't look good. I mean, it's just continuing on their track record, I think, of these live adaptations not being, not living up to the OG animated movies. So it's directed by Rob Marshall, who is a movie director that I'm looking at his filmography, who's done rec- recognizable things, but I could not tell you a distinct style that this man has. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume this probably sucks. <laughs> so, gosh, I have no clue. <laughs> I went low. I'll, I'll say, hmm, gosh, I'll say 50, fi- 55%. Oh, I've got to change mine. Seems I'm, too I'm right at, I went at 55. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go under you and I'll just oh, adjust wow. mine. I'm going to say 54. Wow. That's just, honestly, I think it this looks that bad. Low. Yeah. It's just, I just, and it's not the whole fact. I think that it's Haley Berry, right? Um, yes. Uh, she, uh, unfortunate name. She, yeah. She does such a great job. I mean, I could tell her singing in this is going to be the highlight. I just don't, it's the look, it's the, the underwater messiness it just looks off that's a thing and i just don't know if i'm going to be able to get past that and there are a few other concerns i have with like the voice acting and other things and i'm like oh i don't know like this <laughs> is off to a rocky starting just I gotta, a teaser trailer i gotta watch this trailer now when you do let me know because this is i i gotta know your thoughts i'm not as soon as i saw this and then i text my girlfriend and and we were like this and she loves the live-action Disney Oh, boy. She said it looked bad, too? She, she didn't say bad. She's like, ooh, I don't know. So Jacob like, Tremblay is voicing Flounder. Isn't that kid like 23 now? Yeah. Why is he he's... voicing Flounder? That's like a kid. It's like a child. It's like a child's they had, voice. They had, to, they had to get someone who's somewhat recognizable as a kid. You were once oh, famous as a child actor. We need you again. Don't let your balls uh, he drop. Is, he's now 17 years old. That's too old to be voicing Flounder. I am sorry. Yeah, 17. Well, I have no interest in seeing that movie. Wasn't it a, was it a mm. Disney Plus movie? No, they were going to release it in theaters. Okay. They've been they've always planned on releasing it in theaters. Huh, interesting. Okay, well, after we do this, I'm going to watch the trailer. 
I mean, the tra- the trailer makes it look like it's a Disney Plus movie. That's what I would do, Good sadly. Lord. I, I find it weird. I have yet to see this in theaters, this trailer. Interesting. And we go to the movies all the time. We're there like almost every week. Funny you say that. I don't know if I have either. I've only seen this uh, watching on my phone or, you know, watching trailers at home. Interesting. Okay. Well, we have under two minutes left. Should we continue this or no? Outside of like Renfield and Mario, yeah, I don't have too much more other than that. I don't either. I saw Mario. We, um, I've been watching True Detective basically all week. I went a whole week without watching a movie. The last thing I saw was, um, gosh, I don't even know what the last movie I saw was. <laughs> I just watched it the other day. Was it Air? Watch? It was Air, right? No, I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, Cocaine Bear, which is awful. Yeah, we watched Cocaine Bear, and it was that was abysmal, truly abysmal. Um, but yeah, I've just been watching, catching up on True Detective, getting ready for that new season. Loves hyped for Evil Dead. I'm going to rewatch those. Still, just been so busy, and that's it. And we have, we're under a minute officially. And then Mrs. Davis is on Peacock. I hear that's actually pretty good. The new oh, Damon yeah. Lindelof show. So I'm going to give that a shot. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Speaking of Evil Dead, I'm doing a rewatch of that too, and. That'll be the next podcast that we end up doing, talking about Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, we might rank Sam Raimi, too, even though he didn't make this new one. Uh, I think it's fair. Let's do that. Yeah, we can still do it. an ode to Sam Raimi. In honor of Sam. Gotta tip our hats and say, to Sam Raimi and fans, 